0: Part of the career changes, establish connections, not only finding mentors, but establish connections. Don't be afraid to to be able to go out there and say, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm willing to start anywhere. Um, Especially don't feel like you have to start immediately at the top because you got out. Maybe you were at the top and you're expected to you expect that that's where you have to start. You may have to eat some crow and start at the bottom or in the middle and work your way up um, all over again. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's something that you're going to have to figure out for yourself. And I think it's, it's one of those things, finding out somebody that's going to tell you the hard things, the things that you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. Um, you're, you're going to need to find somebody that's like that, that's already been there, done that, um, to be able to help you with that transition.
1: My name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast.
0: Hello, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, wanted to introduce myself, I'm Willie Cisneros, husband, Veronica Cisneros, the host of the Empowered and Unapologetic podcast. And today is a very special episode, which is near and dear to me because it's on Veterans Day. And we're going to talk about a number of things that veterans face um, inside and outside the the household in married couples. And uh, why it's special to me is because I spent 20 years in the United States Marine Corps, retired after 20 years of honorable and faithful service. Spent multiple deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, um, and and other places, other countries throughout the world. We can't say Um, it as well as (laughs) as well as uh, just spent many many times and uh, special moments away from my family, away from my kids, my wife. Missed a lot of special events, and I know that there's a lot of people that struggle with not only the transition but also the reintegration back into the family and back into the household where. Maybe the spouse that was at home was holding it down while you were away, and now you're trying to figure out what does that life look like with you back into the mix?
1: So what we're going to be doing is we are going to cover some of the five common issues that couples face when, um, what Willie just said, when we're integrating back into the home. Um and this is going to be not only for those that are currently active duty, but also those that are retired. And so we're going to go ahead and list all five. So the first one is reintegration and readjustment. So baby, you want to cover what that's like as the service member?
0: Well, just uh, for clarification, it's not just retirees. It's also those, those military members who have previously served in any of the armed forces and um, and did so proudly. Mm-hmm. So we want to also thank thank those veterans as well. But reintegration and what does that look like from the service member standpoint? It's after returning from either deployment or from um, from a a career a military life career um, and reintegrating back into the family, um, going through those struggles. What do those struggles look like? Uh, transitioning into civilian life when previously you knew exactly what that what that was like. It was already. Um, it was, it was laid out for you. What even, even the things like what to wear, you didn't have to figure that out because you wore a uniform. Um, what is your role back within the family? Um, you may feel disconnected from family routines and find it difficult to relate to everyday life that continues, um, with, you know, in, in their absence. And then how do you reintegrate back into that as a new piece within the puzzle? Um, so what does that look like? So as a service member, I would say that um, following those deployments is don't try to change the things that have already been working for your family. Just try to figure out how can you support your spouse and be the partner that he or she needs you to be versus trying to change things up because you want to be that alpha male or female that runs the household because you're the person that supported the family, provided all the the monetary value to the family for so many years, and you feel that it's owed and entitled to you when it's actually not. There was another piece of that that puzzle that was helping out the family, and now you're just finding yourself part of the family dynamic. So um, figuring out how you can best support one another versus becoming adversarial and trying to be a uh, control uh, a person that's in control.
1: What would you say was your hardest part about readjusting? Because what I get from a lot of women is my husband's in the military, and therefore. He doesn't do emotions. And that's not, I mean, obviously that's not true at all, but you know, I get that a lot. I get that from military wives or also even, you know, I know we're talking about veterans, but I also get this from first responder wives. It's like, I have a system and then my husband comes and like totally screws it up. What would you say as the husband, what would you say was the hardest part? So like coming back from Iraq, Mm -hmm. coming back from Afghanistan, coming back from Okinawa, what was the hardest part? You didn't see us for like seven months straight unless it was on Skype.
0: Well, some of those were, were different dynamics um, where one was a defensive posture. It was um, showing our, our presence in, in different parts of the world where other ones was uh, I, I served in a combat um, in a combat zone. So my integration back into to the family again was significantly different. Um, I came back with, with trauma of my own, um, that I was dealing with, um, where I almost died on two separate occasions. And, um, so the, the shock of, of many, many things, like I I found myself not wanting to be around certain smells, certain types of people, uh, large groups at public areas. So some of those things that my, that, you know, spouses don't normally deal with, um, you know, some of those emotions start to set in when you're stagnant and when you're not doing anything. So when military members are constantly at a, um, high adrenaline rush, uh, just a hundred miles an hour every single day that drowns out those emotions, those feelings, those things that you've kind of dealt with for so, so long, because all that stuff is just, it's fogging all that. And then when you finally do settle down and you're done and now you're transitioning out, now you finally have to deal with all those, um, those suppressed feelings, those, um, that feeling of brokenness, the lack of, of purpose, um, re re out what is your purpose in life and what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Um, are you gonna be able to provide for your family? And not all people are, are not all service members have that, have that challenge because some of them figure it out before they get out. So the transition is easy. Um, some of them go into something that transitions pretty easily. So like law enforcement, first responders and going into, uh, service types of of fields like that, which are easy because it's very similar and, um, like the military, but those that don't figure that stuff out and they want to just take time off six months, a year off, whatever, because of they've, they've just done it for so long. That's where it becomes hard because now you're stuck in this funk of just dealing with, you know, what the hell is this going on with me? Why am I just watching a commercial and I just start crying or, um, you know, things that didn't bother me before are I'm, I'm, um, I'm short fused. Um, so a lot of those things, you just, you, you end up confused. Um, you don't know how to deal with those emotions and trying to deal with it on your own, whether it's through medication, through, um, alcohol abuse or other types of, um, abuses and, and, and habits that you develop. Um, you got to find out, you know, what are health, healthy um, habits and coping strategies that will help you manage your days and and get through this.
1: Did you feel like something was wrong with you when you came back home? Did you feel like, did you feel like, you know, you've been on like this constant alert, like you're completely Mm hypervigilant every day, all day. And you come back home to... Oh my God, we haven't seen you in forever. And we want to go and show you off to all of the places. Maybe not show you off, but like, holy shit. Remember them times that I've gone to every single event and I didn't have a husband. Like now I just want to take you to every single event and experience like feeling like the couple. And I want to go out and I want to take the kids to Disneyland because I've been taking the kids to Disneyland all by myself. And now I want to go out with you and I want to go ahead and do all of the things because I want my family back. I want Correct. my family back. But when I get my family back
0: and you want it to be normal like it was Yeah, before.
1: I want it to be totally normal. But when I get my family back, and when I got you back, Babe, we could totally make eye contact. You don't have to stare at it. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like totally in it. If you guys aren't watching like the YouTube, well, he's like laser focused on the damn screen. But we could totally I'm like looking at you the whole time. Anyways, um, but yeah, like I want I wanted like just you. And I wanted to like um I wanted to just feel like a family again because I knew most of my family was gone and you're most of my family besides all of our regrets. And like when you came back home, it was like, Okay, he's home. We're gonna do all of the things. And then you came back home and it was like, Oh, wait a minute. You're home, but like you're not home. And a couple examples for me was like you would come home and you're saying
0: goes the lights on, but nobody's home at times. Well,
1: kind of, but there's so many
0: there's 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 thoughts that are running and racing through your head as a service member and you're yeah. trying to figure out like, how can I be normal? Am I, am I acting normal? Am I, is she noticing, or are he noticing my hypervigilance yeah. and the fact that I'm looking at every single exit and when I sit down and that I'm not comfortable where I used to be able to just sit anywhere in a restaurant yeah. or in a public space that now I feel like I have to sit with my back to the wall, which I still do to this day. Yeah. And my wife and my kids know that now because I've shared that with them, but they didn't know that before there's certain people that I profile. I profile when I go into an airport, when I go into a public space, into any uh, major events, concerts, things like that. And I'm I'm looking at, you know, it's just now there's a different frame of mind when I look at just life differently because of my experiences and because of the trauma that I've been through. Yeah. So it's it's sharing those things that I've been through. That I think that some spouses, where they fail, service members, especially those that have been through through some type of trauma or through combat, that they they fail to communicate is are those things they 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 don't share with their with their loved one um, what they need and how they can baby step baby step back into normalcy and yeah. what that looks like or what the expectation of what normalcy looks like from their spouse and what they would like to see. And then, and communicating where they're at, that, sp- that service members communicating, well, this is where I'm at and it's going to take me some time to be able to get there because right now I'm not ready for where you want me to be Yeah. Um, because of what I've gone through. So I need you to understand that and work with me. And I
1: think for both of us, like, I know when you came home, you were trying to protect me and not share with me, you know, not share all of the things and all of the struggles that you were going through. But I would, I would see it when you would like grasp the, you know, the steering wheel when you were driving and there was an oncoming car with headlights, you know, Mm -hmm. I would see it and I knew to see it. I knew to look for certain signs because again, you know, because of what I do but like when you came home, you're like, I could give two shits about saving. I'm all about like spending. And you were like, everybody like, I'm, you know, I'm going to buy this for the kids. And it's like, babe, we already have it. And it's like, I don't give a shit, but it's not you. And it was just like, dude, no, for real, like come the fuck down. Cause I just saved. And you're like, and it was a struggle for me because it was a level of independence I had to have while you were gone. And then now I'm, I struggled. I was struggling with Respecting and maintaining that level of independence, but also sharing those roles. I had a systemized plan for the kids. We went to bed at a certain time, like we ate at a certain time. Babe, I cooked like every single night. I was cooking. That was crazy. I know. It doesn't happen. Don't even think about it. It's not gonna happen anymore. But let's
0: just act like I'm a deploy.
1: Or we cannot act like I'm a deploy. Or we can I listen, can I served cooked. my time. <laughs> I served my time. It was fun while it lasted. It was <laughs> it's not fun anymore. But yeah, it was like all of those things. Are you having a hard time with? Yes,
0: up? I am. I'm not. Uh, this is painful. I'm beat up. Okay, hold Didn't on. did I say 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> you guys go His ass
1: looks like he has I'm... like ants in his pants. All right, baby, sit right here. Sit right here. You want to sit on here? There's no sitting. There is. You can sit there. Oh, oh my God. So anyways, back so to what okay. I was saying, but yeah, there's like this. Sucks getting old. <laughs> if you're getting old, I'm getting old. But anyway, there is, there was like, all of this, like, all of this independence and all of these systems that, like, kept us in survival mode that really, like, like when you came back home, I did struggle with sharing the responsibilities. I did struggle with supporting you as a father. I did struggle with with letting go of those reins because I had done it a certain way and that way was working for me and for the kids. And I didn't know how to step outside of the role. And that for myself was a really big struggle. Giving up control. Well, it was giving up the control, but like there were so many assumed responsibilities while you were absent that readjusting to like the shared role. um, I'm not going to lie. I just, I didn't want to give it up. And I didn't want to give it up because it's like, well, this shit is working. And then you come in the picture and I love you and I want you in it. However, I'm not sure how. I want you
0: to give it up in a different way.
1: Oh my God, babe. Of course. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Um. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> can we just be professional? We are. <laughs> but anyway, like it was, it, there was, there was a shift in roles and that was a really, really difficult shift. And I want to make sure obviously we're highlighting it just because that reintegration and readjustment was huge. And then we speak about, you know, you brought up um, like you being a retired Marine. Like for me, it was, holy shit. Although I wanted you, like, I wanted you back and I couldn't do any more deployments when you told me like, no, for all I'm retiring. We're like literally driving to the ceremony. We have family in the back following us. It was like, I was still adjusting to, wait a minute, my husband's no longer going
0: to You don't have me. the audacity to ask me, can we change your mind?
1: I may have said that, okay? Why are you bringing up old shit? I may have said that. But anyways, um, yeah, there was like a huge adjustment too because it's like, wait a minute, can you still wear the uniform?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do some role playing?
1: Yeah, why not? <laughs> can you still wear the uniform? But there is like a community and you feel like there is this grieving process of also... Losing that community because I'm no longer a part of something. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, did you feel that way too? Like, you're no longer no. with retirement.
0: No, you don't. What? Well, it's a different community.
1: I know, but I thought a, you. were, I, like, baby, how are we in the same car and somehow you just like jumped out the car and left me in the car, but myself. You didn't miss the community. You didn't feel like you no, lost. No, I
0: did. I I, I like that it. camaraderie. Every time I, I go back on base, I I miss it. I miss. Yeah. I miss being out there with Marines. I miss that's routine. what I'm talking about. Okay, now you're back in the car miss, with me. I miss the communication with yeah. them and just bullshitting with yeah. them. And there's just they're just it's cut different. from a different cloth. Yeah, than your average person. And, yeah, and just it's it's different. Um, yeah, I don't know. Marines are sick and twisted, and <laughs> the humor it goes along those lines. And <laughs> I just I I I you miss being around that because. You don't find that in everyday society. You no. may find that in like uh, law enforcement or fire departments yeah. or construction sites, um, areas like that, Yeah, but you're not going to find it in a lot of, a lot of other areas. And I found out that, that the hard way. Yeah. Um, so
1: that's what it was like
0: for you. Yeah. So
1: another issue that couples face, um, the, the service member, as well as the spouse is mental health issues. You want to take that on?
0: Sure. So, as a service member, I would say that many veterans deal with mental health issues. Um, many of them, the ones that, that come up to that come to mind for many civilians is PTSD. Not every veteran has PTSD, but many of them do. Um, and PTSD, especially for those that are combat related, um it it, it takes a lot of work. Um there's a lot of depression that's associated with depression and anxiety. Um, always feeling anxious, feeling sad moments, highs and lows, uh, which can be triggered by experiences during their service. These conditions can affect their behavior and emotionally uh, emotional availability within the family. Um, so their ability to take on additional emotions because of yeah. um, because of the kids and maybe the things that they're going through. Yeah. It, it's a lot to shoulder and burden uh, for some of the service members that just they're dealing with their own issues. And sometimes they just don't know what resources or where they can find help. Yeah, um, Some of them, they've lost their trust and confidence in the VA and being able to provide or, or find a suitable mental health um, clinician to be able to challenge them, yeah. to be able to look at the core issues that they're experiencing.
1: And that was a big one for you.
0: That's still an issue for me. That was I, a really big issue it's, for you. It's I've, I've gone through at least 11 different mental health providers um, none of which I would say have ever challenged me um, in any way that that makes me that would that help you... me look at the the core issues. Baby, is that um, why you
1: talk about like how I do therapy and how? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You want a therapist like me? Yeah. Really?
0: But I can't use you though, because it's a dual relationship. We, we can use
1: that. you in other ways though. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back. Sorry, back to.
0: The... <laughs> Roll for back, okay. Alright. All right. <laughs> Anyways, I got
1: excited. Anyways, um, uh, so, yes, PTSD, so, depression, anxiety. Yes. How is that?
0: I would say that there was How does was, that impact there, so, the existing active so one duty the, service so member? quick story with, with regards to mental health. Yeah. I never thought that this would ever happen. And I thought I was the only one that ever dealt with it. I've talked to two different people, three different people- service about members? The service members that okay. retired. Yeah. And they experienced the same exact thing. So, um, the issue was, so as you transition, you go through a final physical and you do all that stuff while you're in. And then when you get out, you go through a contractor from the VA that after you submit your claim, they send you to go get evaluated by, um, providers out in town. They're, they're people that are contracted with the VA. Some of them are for veterans. Some of them are against the veterans because if they pay more out to, to the veteran, then they get less money. If they save the VA money, then, then the contractor gets paid more money because they're saving the VA money. That's the way a lot of it works. Um, so I ended up going to a mental health provider and I was like, and a buddy, a guy that I ran into while I was in had told me kind of, this is how the, the, um, the evaluations work. This is how you can get through a lot of your, your tests and your stuff to be able to get a higher rating. And so I thought I was going to be gaming the game. And I thought that this was going to be the case for me. And so I go to my, this is probably one of my second, third, fourth appointments and it's my psych evaluation. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to act crazier, you know, cuckoo cuckoo for cocoa puffs. And I'm probably going to have to fake the funk. So I go in there and get asked, you know, I'm filling out documentation and I provide it to the doctor and he looks at my, my assessment and he starts asking me questions and he's like, and then he starts like asking more questions than what was listed on there. And I was telling them the truth. I thought I was going to have to like say more and embellish more on certain things and I found that I wasn't. And in the middle of when I'm getting evaluated, I'm I have this feeling of brokenness that I had never felt or experienced before in my life. And I left that day um I realized, I didn't realize how much trauma that I had been through and how much how broken I was psychologically. Um, it was probably the biggest feeling of defeat that I had ever experienced. And then when I left there, because I was by myself, there was the feeling of loneliness, uh, abandonment. And I just, I broke down, cro- crying and sobbing and hurt. Um, hurt for myself because of what I've been through yeah. and it, it, it hurts so damn much. And so I called my wife, she was in session, um, texted her 911, which I never do. Um, and she called me back and, um, I was going through a panic attack on the side of the freeway. Um, and I couldn't breathe. Um, I couldn't see clearly. And, um, she was trying to talk me through just all that stuff. And yeah. she ended up going to my next evaluation uh, which went into further um, assessments of you know psychological stuff, and uh, didn't realize how much PTSD and trauma that I, I actually yeah. went through, um, to include the, the depression and anxiety and all that other stuff. So um, I would say that for a lot of the service members, a lot of that you're probably going to experience that. Yeah. And rather than running away from it, or rather than trying to find. Other means to self-medicate and treat on your own. Get professional help. Yeah. Um, There's a number of resources. One that comes to mind is Psychology Today. Go type up Psychology Today. uh, I think it's dot com, and go on there and look up a provider in your area. See exactly what you're looking for, and find somebody local that's gonna that's gonna be what you want. Yeah. And try to find somebody if you can't get somebody through the VA, um, because even if you have a zero percent rating, you can still get. Um treatment and um and be seen and and at least if you're in California um and in some states, all you need is a zero percent rating and you can get um, state um, fund state funds or mm-hmm. state uh, benefits, so, yeah.
1: and we also at outside the room counseling, we also have clinicians who specialize in um first responders, military service members, trauma related. Um, obviously, depression and anxiety. And so we are definitely here to help you guys as well.
2: I know looking for the right therapist can be challenging. However, feeling overwhelmed and disconnected is even harder. Life is filled with several twists and turns, some more severe than others. We do our best to handle them as they come and find ourselves at a loss, not knowing what to do or who to turn to. The clinicians here at Outside the Norm Counseling are here to help. We are here to assist you through this time of need. Together, we will identify your strengths and goals and teach you healthy coping skills. Together, we will develop a plan to help you live the life you want to live. Our team is compassionate, genuine, and we take a great deal of pride in providing an empathetic, non judgmental approach to all of our clients. It's time! You've waited long enough, whether it be for you your child, or if you're in need of a couple session, we are highly trained clinicians ready to guide you. Schedule an appointment now by calling 951-395-3288. Again, that's number is 951-395-3288. We're looking forward to meeting you and being a part of your journey.
1: On the spouse's end, Um, what I find for a good amount of part of, of wives, we end up on this, like, we're going to do everything we can to go ahead and save you and change you and help you. And a lot of, a lot of, you know, I'll say women, I know men, I I know women serve the military too. Um, obviously that wasn't the case for Willie and I, Willie served. So I'm, I'm speaking about, you know, my experience, but one thing I find often, especially in In heterosexual relationships where them, you know, um, where let's say either one of the members, um, either one of the partners deployed or were in the service is the partner that is not in the military tends to be that support system. But you're that support system without the education, without the training. Without the skills to go ahead and really provide the support your partner needs. And so instead, what I see a lot of partners do is they take on the recovery for their service member to try to make it to try to make it better. And in reality, what really happens is and you said it really well. Every time you were telling me to go ahead and seek professional help, it was as if I was kicking in the balls Mm -hmm. because it was like, don't tell me I'm broken. I already know I'm broken. I literally had a patent attack on the freeway. And every time you're trying to force me to get this help that I'm not ready to get, and I'm still struggling with processing what all of this means, you know, leave me alone. And I know how discouraging that is as a partner, as a therapist. I know how, how, how much, how frustrating that is. It is very important that you also get the help you need because there's a huge emotional burden um, that we tend to carry, and it's a choice that we're making because we want to go out and help. But to truly support your partner, especially if they're a service member, active duty, or um, or retired, the best thing you can do is provide yourself with education and not lose sight of who you are. It is very important you do the work on you. Otherwise, you're going to be Trying to save your partner over and over, and that's going to cause a great amount of disconnect. And that internal struggle that you're experiencing to try to change or try to convince your partner to get the help they need is only going to build up into resentment. And so, this is where I also encourage you to, to find a support group. Um, be, military, there are military, one source has it. Um, again. Reach out to us. If you guys don't know who to contact, you are more than welcome to reach out to my office. We will provide you with the support you guys need, whether it be in-house or whether we provide you with referrals for somewhere else. We are here a thousand percent for you. Another um, issue that couples experience is communication difficulties.
0: So for veterans, uh, for service members, veterans might struggle with expressing expressing their feelings and experiences particularly those associated that, that are with trauma. Yeah. This can lead to withdrawal or avoidance of discussions about their emotions, uh, creating a barrier in marital and family communication.
1: Bingo. Um, this was, this was a struggle for us when I was trying to get you to get the help, you know, babe, go to groups. You're like, I don't want to fucking go to a group. And I'm like, babe, go here. I don't want to fucking go there, babe. I know a really good EMDR therapist, and I, I remember once I stopped trying to change you and once I stopped trying to fix you and I was really there to support you, that's when a whole bunch of things just started to change and you slowly started to open up to me. I initially was personalizing that. I felt as if you were keeping all of these things from me and I felt alone and I'm watching my husband struggle. I'm watching my husband deal with all of these all of these feelings. And it felt as if he was pushing me away. And me personalizing that only continued to push you away because it was like, this isn't about you. I'm struggling with this. It has nothing to do with you. I'm trying to figure this out myself. If you just let me figure this out and support me and your be here for me and try to understand it, then I'll be able to go ahead and understand it myself and then share it with you. The minute I stopped personalizing and recognizing that wasn't about me, that you weren't trying to keep me from helping you. That's when you started to open up to me. And that's when you started saying like, I just went through this evaluation and holy shit, they're, they're giving, they're diagnosing me with all of these things. I don't quite know what they mean. And that's when you and I really, really started to have in-depth conversations. There were times where we had in-depth conversations in the shower. Yeah, There we are both butt ass naked in the shower, the shower's going, the water's going and we're just sitting down and you're, you're talking and sharing about things that you experienced, you know, while you were deployed or you're sharing, you know, what your feelings were around the passing of some of your Marines, Mm -hmm. um, especially the one to suicide. And you were just recalling certain memories and You know, I remember we went to go see Top Gun and, you know, you were sharing after was it Top Gun Mm -hmm. was some Maverick. Yeah. So after that, we stayed in the movie theater and people were like literally cleaning it, waiting for us to leave. But we stayed in there and you were just like opening up and sharing some of the experiences that were similar to what we were seeing in the movies, you know, um, with certain conversations you've had with family. And next, the next one is economic and career challenges that one was a big one for us. You want to talk about yours?
0: Yeah. So kind of transitioning from the last conversation or the last thing, which was communication and career challenges. I would say that, that part of the issue is, is trying to figure out when you do find that, that therapist, um, and you do finally have the ability to open up. One of the things that I would say that, that we are missing from in mental health is experienced mental health providers that are also veterans. Um, so if anybody's looking for a transitioning career field and has already, you know, gone through this as a, as a veteran, and if you're looking for something you can do and still want to be of service to others,
1: that would, be that would be good. an
0: amazing career for you to to go into if you want to still help others that are, because you understand what they're going through and it won't be just helping them. It's also helping other people that are like them, such as first responders um, that are also going through those transitions because of some of the trauma that they've also been through. Yeah. Um, as far as finding a career challenge.
1: Real quick uh, to your point. Yeah. Um, that is one of the reasons why I feel like I'm able to rebuild a strong relationship with my firefighters and their wives as well as any military that come any any military service members that come in is because i have experienced that as being the wife of a marine myself and it just feels like you're in that community there's this there's this level of understanding like you guys don't know each other but you totally understand what it's like with regards to deployments with regards to trainings with regards to that separation um and people that are not in that that are not people that don't have a husband or a wife as a service member. Um, I don't think they can make that connection. Yeah, it, it's so different. Sorry, economic and um, career challenges.
0: So for the service member, it's transitioning to a civilian career, um, which can be challenging for veterans, Because they find they might find that it's hard for them to translate their military skills to the civilian job market. You know, what is it that I'm gonna do? What what do my job you know, I was just a, a trigger puller or yeah. I just pulled a string and watched the cannon go boom. Um, you know, I did all these things that to me don't correlate to a job out in the market. Well, there's all the intangible skills that you develop too as a veteran, which are gonna be the things that they can't teach in in the job market, in the civilian job market, which are your leadership abilities, your ability to Work as a team to get everybody to go in the same direction. To be able to mentor and and mold individuals and bring out the best best uh, qualities out of them. Um, and those are the 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 things that oftentimes that management um, has has challenges with because there's people that are unwilling to have those difficult conversations with folks that aren't pulling their weight, that aren't doing their job, and in, in the military, that's not a difficult thing for us to do. We're constantly called out on, on our on our shortfalls and it may not be in the best way and that's where you are also going to have to work or figure out mm-hmm. um, that challenge is, is finding that happy medium and not going from being such an authoritative figure, but learning how to uh, change and be a chameleon in the market um, and figuring out how to how your leadership style, will best suit the job market that you're going into and figuring out the people, being more of a, of a, of a people person, which is something that I had to learn because I mean, clicking off safe, I was a former drill instructor, did it for many years. And boy, I neutered some um, plenty of folks when, when I was uh, allegedly a a civilian,
1: allegedly
0: um, (laughs) and and wanted to choke the shit out of somebody many, many times, but I had to, figure out that that wasn't the best way to handle those situations. So, um, leading through, I mean, there, there may be also some other challenges leading through periods of unemployment and trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do when I grow up? What kind of job am I going to go into? What is something that is best and most suitable for me, given the skills and abilities that I currently have right now and where I'm going to be able to transition into that. And it's not going to be such a challenge for me. Is it going to be something that's going to give me that purposeful, um, living in life where I'm going to feel proud of what I'm doing because before I was doing stuff for others for the country yeah. for my family and am I going to find that purpose again um or am I going to keep on job hopping that's something you're going to have to also have try to figure out and I would say one of the best transitions in being able to do that is find yourself a mentor find somebody who has go- who has gone through that maybe somebody who's also retired or who has gone out into the job market already and has done that transition and understand. Maybe go out, treat them to lunch, treat them to coffee, yeah. and just say, "Hey, can I just you know pick your brain, pick your brain for a little bit and and just ask you, you know, what am I about to experience? What are some yeah. of the challenges and things that I've gone through that I need to have you know ready to go? What are some of the things that my family may be going uh, that may they may? Experience? Maybe we
2: need to record a podcast those, on those, that those, one.
0: Those those types of things that I would say that if I if I can turn back time. I wish I would have had that for me when I got out, when I got out, I've tried to do that for others as they've gotten out. There you have. So that way I can ensure that they have a smooth transition and that they don't, they don't have that feeling of loneliness. Like they're, they're only doing it uh, for themselves. So if you have that ability to find yourself a mentor, somebody that can help you with that transition.
1: For um, spouses, the economic instability can put pressure on the spouse to be the primary breadwinner or to support the family financially during transitions, which can be stressful and may impact their view of the marital partnership. Um, for that one, I was already building up my practice. I was really, really laser focused on what I wanted to do, not because I had these fears that, you know... um. I, I can't, I can't say, I can't lie and say I had these fears that we were going to go broke. Um, and I can't say that because I knew no matter what us as a couple, we would figure it out. And mm-hmm. so for me, there, I don't feel like I had that fear of like, holy shit, was really going to get a job? I mean, there was, it was like, babe, maybe you should take time off. Um, and maybe instead of you getting a job, like we, you and I were looking at possibly working together. Um, and then we realized maybe it wasn't a good idea that we work together. Um, but yeah, there, I, I can't say that I did have that time. And one of the primary reasons why is because I was very focused on what the hell do I want to do with my life. And, um, for me you know, um, opening up my own practice, um, and, and doing my thing with something very, very big. And so one thing I would definitely give, um, as feedback for spouses, I understand with this transition, it's scary because you've had this consistent money come in over and over. And depending on your husband's retirement, what he's eligible for, depending on his, um, disability, there's a bunch of like, just, factors that play into how much you get. Right. And that, that, that uncertainty does play into your marriage, but this is where I want you to arm yourself with, okay, this is where we're currently at, or this is, this is what we're coming up to. Am I, do I want to continue to be a stay at home mom? And if I want to continue to be a stay at home mom, well, what does this look like? because I don't want you to struggle to find value in who you are because of the lack of money or resources you're bringing in. So this is a conversation I would have maybe a year, you know, to a year and a half before you guys decide that retirement maybe is the route that you, you know, you guys want to go down. So you guys have this sort of plan on what it's going to look like and being mindful and aware that these, this, this, this economic and career challenge. It is a challenge. It's a challenge for both of you. Mm -hmm. And this can definitely split you guys up and impact the marriage in a very negative way, or it could be something that strengthens your marriage. You decide again, having that conversation off the
0: bat is going to be
1: big physical and health disabilities. Uh, Just one.
0: Yeah. One thing real quick on, on the last, the last topic, um, you know, when you're kind of going through that, that, economic shift when you used to get paid the, every first and every 15th. Yeah. And you knew that like, you clock were, like clockwork, it was always going to happen. You knew that you were always going to have some type of percentage increase at the beginning of the year. You knew that, you know, on your anniversary date, there was going to be a little bit more of a bonus um, during that timeframe for uniforms and all this other stuff that you get every single year. Um, you knew those things and you were prepared for them. Not only that, but you also had time off. Two point five days per month um, is not something that transition into the, the, the civilian job market. How much time do you give your your your?
1: Why are you putting off? me on blast? How much time also, do you okay. get off?
0: I get so Put starting, me on in, blast. starting in the federal in the federal. market... I do give my employees as time as off as by a, the as way. A federal, a, as a federal as a federal civilian employee, you get um, just starting off um, if you don't do any buyback time and you just go straight from as a retiree. So it's almost as though you didn't, you didn't have any time. You start off with four hours per pay period. So every two weeks you get four hours off. Compare that to 2.5 days per month that you used to get previously. So
1: it oh, yeah, will that take doesn't... you
0: a really long time to get to where you used to be Yeah, um, because it's, it's just a lot more. So you want to make those part of the career changes, establish connections, not only finding mentors, but establish connections don't be afraid to, to be able to go out there and say, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm willing to start anywhere. Um, especially don't feel like you have to start immediately at the top because you got out, maybe you were at the top and you're expected to, you expect that that's where you have to start. You may have to eat some crow and start at the bottom or in the middle and work your way up, um, all over again. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's something that you're going to have to figure out for yourself. And I think it's, it's one of those things finding out somebody that's going to tell you the hard things, the things that you don't want to hear, but you yeah. need to hear. Um, you're, you're going to need to find somebody that's like that, that's already been there, done that, um, to be able to help you with that transition. The next thing that we wanted to talk about was the physical health and the disability. So for service members, veterans might face physical injuries and disabilities, visible and non-visible, um, that are stemming from their service, which can alter the family dynamics due to increased care needs and adjustments to physical limitations. I'll tell you right now, I'm 100% total permanent disabled um i am busted from from head to toe um bilateral in many many areas ankles knees hips um elbows wrists um back pain i got issues up and down my spine um i've had a uh, traumatic brain injury i've had um a whole bunch of other different things things that i've developed hard of hearing um, just pain in, in different areas, um, things that I didn't have with that, that I had previously to, to joining the service that I've developed over time, um, allergies and, and things because of the the things that I've, I've, um, inhaled over the years that have just been toxic to my body. Um, and you're talking I've been about crash like, test dummy for many, many years. Hold on.
1: When you say inhaled, so, cause I want to make sure they're clear. Like this is like all
0: breathing in. From um, from like just toxic exposure, from like burn pits and from yeah. uh, lead, asbestos, um, just a number of different areas and things that we've been in while in um, the military. While being in the military. Yeah. I just want to and, make sure because so I don't want anybody of, going, what so, is he smelling? Yeah. So some of those things are things that are visible to the naked eye and some of them are not visible. A lot of them are not visible. And I had a lot of people that were like, man, you're, you're in great shape and you're doing you know all these things, and I bet you're. You know you could run circles around a whole bunch of people. I'm like, eh. actually, my body feels broken. Before I didn't feel the pain that I feel now on a daily basis because before it was masked with the fact that I would start my day off and I'd go PT and I'd work out in the morning and then I'd work my day and then I'd work out at lunchtime and then I'd work the rest of my day and I was on probably about uh, two or three cups of coffee, two or three freaking monsters during the day and. Uh, you know high on life and and just ready to to do all great things and and just kick ass on a daily basis. Now that my body is everything has kind of hit the brakes and I no longer have to do those things or and are required to do those things, pain starts to set in and things that you thought would have gotten better over time are going to get worse and nobody gives a shit about you except for you. So if don't expect a pity party because nobody cares.
1: Maybe other, I care. other
0: veterans don't give a shit um, because they're doing the same things and going through the same physical challenges. And so when you, you have to care about yourself and the only person that's going to care about you is you. So get seen, get evaluated. It, it's, it's a process that sucks, but if you don't do it and later on, you're like kicking yourself in the ass saying, I wish I would have done it. And now I'm going to try to do it. And you get some of these guys that get, they're just like, I hate the, the military and I'm just going to burn my medical record. I'm going to burn my dental record. I'm no. going to burn all my uniforms. And then later on, they're like, I'm so broken. I just need to get seen by somebody because I don't know what the hell this is. And I'm and it's getting worse, um, but it's related to your service. Well, good luck with that. And it's going to be a challenge to get all those things all over again. Yeah. And yes, a lot of that stuff is electronic nowadays and you can go get a new print out of it. But You have to do something with it. Make copies of your medical records. Make copies of your dental records. Multiple copies. Because when you send it off to to the VA, it's probably going to get – it might get lost down the line. So so make a master copy. Keep that copy for yourself. One of them you're going to give to the clinicians. One of them you're going to give to um, the service members, the DAV or the uh, VFW or anybody that's a veteran service officer that's going to help you out. You're going to give them a fat copy of that as well. And then you're going to have to put all your claims down. And anything that you've ever experienced in your life in the while in the service, you're going to have to write that down. And the things that you've experienced at least three times or more are going to be the things that are going to go down as claims. Yeah. So start your preparation before you get out, not after you've already gotten out because then it's too late. So if you have um, surgeries to get done, get those done before you get out. Um, do your, You could do your rehabilitation after you get out but you want to do all that stuff, all the major surgeries and all that stuff prior to you getting out because it's going to be a challenge when you do get out. Um, A lot of VA facilities are also education um, facilities. So meaning that you're going to have medical students that are going to be doing a lot of procedures and working with, yes, experienced doctors, but they're also going to be working on you. So do you want that or do you want some, you know, officer, naval officer or army officer or whatever air force officer that has been doing it for a number of years and is high in the food chain and is experienced and them doing the medical procedure on you um i prefer that it's the person with more experience so um and understands what this is going to look like while you're in and how that transition is going to going to happen for you so you got to get seen. You got to work on your disability because that is money that is going to pay you for the rest of your life until you're dead. Your disability rating can go up. It could also go down. So if you get a certain disability rating and they the you get scheduled for appointments, if you miss those appointments, the VA looks at it as though you are getting better. Um, and so you really didn't need that appointment. So your disability, you could get a re-rating and it could actually go down. If you reschedule appointments, it's looked at as though you didn't need the appointment. So make sure that you're maintaining and going to your appointments Um, because you can also get reevaluated and get your disability rating increased if they see that you're going to a lot of appointments because they see that things are actually getting worse, not better, and then you can get a higher rating. So if you want any advice on this, uh, please reach out. I'd be glad to help any veterans that are out there that need this this information that can help them, um, especially through this transition because – you know that economic portion of of, of the piece of, of the family, that's something that can really really help you. And and your disability is tax free. Um, Uncle Sam can't take that. Um, that's money that's owed to you for the rest of your life. And depending on what your rating is, you may also be taking care of your family for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. You may be sending your kids off to college for free. Um, and and so that's that. Those are just some of the benefits of that. I know it's not everything, but it's something. It can also help you out so you're not paying. Um, taxes on your home mm-hmm. um it'll help you with being able to get into state parks and getting uh fishing and hunting licenses and a whole bunch of other benefits that are are out there for veterans. so take advantage of these things um, that's all I have
1: the biggest thing with all of this the physical health and disability, I think that threw us for a huge loop mm-hmm. um Willie when he went to go ahead and get these assessments, like he said earlier, he had no idea it was this bad. And I had no idea it was that bad. Um, you know, I, I there were a couple of times where I noticed Willie would roll out of bed and it's like, well, I why he rolls out of bed like that. But then I just went around my, went about my day and then I'm in session with a firefighter telling me I can't get out of bed. I literally have to roll out because my back hurts. And I was like, hold on. Yeah. (laughs) Like totally. I was just like, well, my husband rolls out of bed, but it can't be for the same reason. And then no shit. After that session I called, I was like, babe, does it hurt when you get out of bed? Is that why you roll out of bed? And he's like, I always roll out of bed. I can't just get up. I literally roll out. And I was like, no, I know. I see your ass chicken. I was like, no, I know. I see your ass roll out, but I always thought that that's just the way you got out of bed. I mean, I thought it was a little weird, but I wasn't going to make fun of you or anything. And then there were other things that it was like, holy shit. Like when he works out and he works out hardcore, like he can't, he can't, he can't do certain things anymore. And then like all of these things that he mentioned, it was like, holy shit, this is real. This is really happening. And that was a huge adjustment for me. Because for me, and this is why Willie's stressed on like the things that you see and don't see. Like for me, Willie's the sexiest man alive. So for me, it's like, he looks great. Thank you. You're welcome, baby. Um, however, this sexy man that I have, there's like all of these limitations. And I'm thankful that he shares them with me, but I had no idea that they were actually happening until he started talking about them. And when he's saying, "You know, reach out to the v a obviously, in no way, shape or form, are we saying you know for you to like um for you to file a false claim like not at all you have to, it is very important whatever you're experiencing, go to a doctor for it, go to a doctor for it, find out what that is, and I have to say, on the spouse's end, if your' partner, and I know this part sucks, but if you're seeing all these things, and your partner's still not doing." you know, the things he needs to go out and protect himself, this is where you need to get the help you need or she, yeah, you, yeah, you, you need to get the help you need because watching your partner in this time of struggle, it is emotionally draining. And so it is very, very important that you get the help you need and you are there to support your partner through this process. When they're ready, they will get the help they need. They They will. Um, And again, it kind of goes back to like trusting. The other thing that I want to make sure I mention is during this time, the spouse may need to take on caregiving responsibilities, which can be physically and emotionally demanding. They might struggle with the transition from partner to caregiver Which can also impact the relationship. And this is where we're gonna have honest conversations. And if you don't know how to have these honest conversations, this is where couples therapy comes in. It's not that you're saying, I don't wanna take care of you. I don't wanna be your caregiver. It's more of this, there's a transition in our relationship. And there's a transition from me being your partner to me being your partner and your caregiver. And I'm still trying to process through this loss. I'm still trying to process through the demands of this. And it is okay. There's no judgment. There's no criticism. It is very, very crucial. Like I said, for you to have these honest conversations. So babe, we got to wrap up. What would you like to address?
0: I would say that addressing these issues often requires a multifaceted approach. And this includes open communication, being able to open up about everything. Um, Counseling. Counseling is something that is, is important. I used to frown upon it because it was to me showing signs of weakness, but I would say that now as a transitioning veteran or as a a veteran that has transitioned, counseling is probably one of the most powerful things that you can go do to help you look at some of the core issues that you have, that you're facing and being able to help you get through some of those, those, um, those daily struggles, support groups, find yourself some, some people that have, are going to help you grow, help you learn. Um, help you see what transition is like, help you understand some of those things before you do actually experience those things and finding other people that are in like situations. So you don't feel Mm -hmm. like you're by yourself and sometimes getting professional help from therapists who understand the unique challenges faced by veteran families. Like I said before um, psychology today, you can find somebody who is a therapist who specializes in veterans um, and and specializes in PTSD and maybe some of the things that the unique challenges that you're facing, um, as a veteran and in a veteran family. Building a support system and seeking out resources specifically designed for veterans and their families can be crucial in navigating through some of these challenges. So I want to say happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there that are currently serving, that have served. Um, thank you for your service and for all the great things that you you do and continue to do um, for everybody that's out there.
1: Definitely. And like what Willie said, thank you guys so much, both of you, for serving our country and um, for making one of the biggest sacrifices again, to protect all of us. I hope these um I hope these I hope these steps they're not steps. I hope these resources as well as tools that we've provided you not only help you, but you also find the sense of familiarity in. And I really, really hope that you guys get the care you need. Um, Like Willie said, you are more than welcome. Please, please, please feel free to go ahead and reach out to us. We are here to help. That's all we have for today. Bye for now.
0: Oh, what were you going to say? Last I was thing, just going to say bye for now. Last thing and most important or one of the most important things. And on Friday, November 10th, it's also... November 10th, 1775. The Marine Corps was born in a bar. And so it is our birthday on Friday, November 10th. Boom. Happy happy birthday, birthday, Marines.
1: Marines. Bye. Raise your hand if you are ready to level up your marriage for 2023. Do you find that you're spending your time together with your husband, checked out and in front of the TV? I know you're ready for tangible strategies that actually get you results, reignite the spark in your marriage, have fun, and grow together. Well, I hope you have your hand raised at this minute because I have something special for you. I'm introducing my brand new six-question marriage predictor quiz that's going to give you personalized results to catapult you into the next stage of your marriage journey. That means you'll receive the results to where your marriage can get the best help. If you've got just one minute, head to org forward slash quiz. Again, that's org forward slash quiz. And you could take my brand new quiz, Marriage Predictor. Get your results delivered right to your email address. Again, that's org forward slash quiz veronicacisneros.org forward slash quiz. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends.